This is the Hospitality Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration only on market scale. Take out that travel guide and let's explore. Hospitality is a people industry. You don't want to take away that human element. The best technology has to be a seamless technology. So we have to find ways to be even more creative on, particularly when it comes to energy, water, and waste. You hire the kind of employee that's going to act like an owner, that's going to have that initiative. Hello everyone, I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. The travel industry is on a steady up and up, and it's due in part to more technologically savvy travelers finding ways to travel on the cheap. Today's vacationers are using Airbnb, OTAs, coupon hunters, and more to personalize their travel experience. So naturally, the conversation around how to evolve the hospitality industry often falls on what new technology will power that change. Healy Cipher, CEO of Zavello, joined us on the podcast to inform the world that AR, VR, and especially apps are not the answer. He's found the most powerful technologies are the ones that radically solve glaring issues in the guest's experiences. One of those biggest issues is check-in time, because first impressions are important. Cypher details how the next era of self-service kiosks are what will propel hotels forward by giving customers privacy, control, and choice. All right, we're rejoined on Market Scale by CEO of Zavello, Healy Cipher. He was on our podcast last time talking about how kiosks are sexy. Great conversation that was on our retail page. And now we are digging into the hospitality industry specifically. And uh, really, though it's a flourishing industry in 2017 and 2018, were great years for the industry as a whole. There are still some major issues and technology, and not the technology you would normally think of as emerging, it can step in and help alleviate some of that pressure. So Healy, great to have you here. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So since our last conversations, have kiosks remained sexy? (laughs) Uh, Getting sexier by the day. I love it. I love it. Well, I think we're going to explore in this conversation how kiosk technology can be so beneficial in the hospitality industry. But I think before we jump in there, let's set the stage for where the hospitality industry is at over the last few years. Uh, I know 2017 was a particularly record year with high occupancy levels. Uh, Revenue available per room was very high. Um, So tell me a bit about what you saw in the industry and what some of the challenges still are even with this growth. Yeah, you hit on the key points, uh, Daniel, which is, you know, hospitality really cares about two things when you get down to the brass tacks of it. One is how many rooms do they have? Uh, and what percent of them are full? And then two is how much are they paying for those rooms? It's really that simple. Um, and there's a few trends, obviously, that are driving uh, what percentage of those rooms are full and what price is being paid for them. And that is things like loyalty programs. It's things like reviews. And it's things like experience. And those are kind of the overarching takeaways from hospitality. And what's, what's amazing is despite the fact that we now have more options on the planet than ever before. I mean – it's not just the, uh, you know, the big hospitality players like the Marriott's, the SPGs, the Hyatt's, the Hilton's. We also now have 
tons and tons of Airbnb entrepreneurs, as I call them, who are opening up their space. Yet travel is becoming a tremendous part of disposable income. Humans now, as they're determining how they're going to spend their money, aren't necessarily just thinking, oh, should I buy, you know, this Louis Vuitton purse versus this particular Vanitop purse. Right. They are saying, well, if I've got this amount of money, what if I spend that and go to Iceland? What if right. I go to Per Se, to Bouchon in, in, in Sonoma or, or whatever it is? And so in that way, we're finding, especially as this kind of next generation comes up, that experiences and obviously a huge part of that, which is hospitality, is becoming a really big part of the mix. Right. And I feel like people are, I don't know if this is a real trend, but I've just noticed it among people my age. They're more willing to find that dirt cheap price, stay in the dirt cheap motel and really ball on a budget, but make it to four different countries in one year, right? <laughs> and that that sort of eagerness to get out there and travel, um, I think, is being powered by technology too. I mean, people know what the hottest deals are for. I'm glad you mentioned Iceland. I mean, I was looking at Iceland myself for a March or April trip because yeah, (laughs) yeah, the flight, the flights are relatively inexpensive and the scenery is gorgeous. People want to get out there. People want to see it. And, um, you know, hotels obviously care about populating those, uh, those rooms and they want to encourage that as much as possible. So let's talk about some of the complications that are still sort of hurting the industry. Mm -hmm. Um, I think really the main issue is when people think of technology in the industry, their heads go to the buzzwords, right? Mm -hmm. The buzzword tech. How is, oh yeah, AR, right? Right. Yeah, we're trying AR. It's like, okay, but how is this really providing tangible benefits? So tell me a bit about maybe the um, misguided focus right now in the industry on what technology they should be adopting? Yeah, well, uh, I'll, I'll kind of give a, a two-part answer. The first part is it is such an easy trap to fall into as someone who's looking to innovate experience within their hotels to go to what I call the tech crunch word cloud. You know, it's all the all the buzzwords that are out there. You mentioned them. it's AR, it's VR, it's drones, it's artificial mm, yep. intelligence. You know. uh, it is easy to fall in there. And, and I think um, what I've generally seen is when people prioritize that over much more uh, impactful investments. They generally have, uh, you know, limited success, both in the results of those of those tests, and then also kind of limited success in how long they're around that company. And so, more broadly, um, the way that we advise anyone in the travel, hotel, entertainment industry to think about is very simply: let's imagine the most important customer journeys that matter to you. What are the highest volume of your patrons do? And what are the most valuable patrons do? Now, think of it in those two journeys as what are most important and find the places that can be really impactful to your business. So a really simple example of this is, uh, I'll give you two kind of fun, fun examples. Uh, so one is, there was this, uh, this high rise for a while. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure you've heard this story before, but the elevators are really slow. And they got tons of complaints about it. Man, what elevators are so slow. We're waiting around in the lobby. It's just, it's just, God, it's awful. You know, and, and right. people put in a hotel like that, you know, where the, the, it takes forever. You, it's like you're on the local train and you're going on, on the G in Brooklyn. And so uh, what this hotel did was genius. They didn't actually fix elevators, but they managed to find a way to stop every single complaint. And you know what they did, Daniel? What? They installed mirrors in the lobby. <laughs> the whole lobby. <laughs> and that was it. 
Not a single simple fix. It, which is amazing, right? So, so the takeaway there is when pe- people hate waiting, which is true, but people also like to be distracted. And if it's by themselves, that's great. While they're waiting, so it doesn't feel like a wait. Think about all the all the Disneyland rides you go on. You know, as you're in line, that's also part of the experience. It can still be annoying, but that is part of the experience. It's all the things that happen in line. Um, a second thing, which I think is really poignant for for hospitality, is uh, if you take two identical hotels, like same sheet, same thread count, same nice fluffy towels, same smiling face when you when you check in, uh, you know, same same floor, everything. If one hotel has a check-in that takes five seconds, 30 seconds, and the other hotel has a check-in that takes five to seven minutes, that hotel with the faster check-in gets, on average, almost a full star higher rating. Really? Based on the check-in. Yeah, and it's it's, it's, human memory is pretty specific, but it has these two things, primacy and recency effects. Um, First thing that happens really weighs your remembrance of that experience. The last thing that happens really remember, you know, kind of weighs your, how you remember something. Right. So if, if you're waiting to check in for 20 minutes, you're probably not going to be in a good mood, especially if you were just on a long flight or you were just driving, you know, for three or four hours. The last thing you want is to then sit in another line. You were just in traffic. Oh, that's right. And so, so the, the stat actually, which, which is pretty, to me, astounding, is it can affect customer satisfaction by up to 47% how wow. long it takes you to check in. Such a simple thing to solve. And so this is why, obviously, you know, um, this is why as we are getting into the hospitality space and, and answering the calls that are coming in, you know, one of the big use cases we're hearing a tremendous amount about is make my check-in streamlined. You know, give me a way for my loyal members to really quickly check in, get their keys, potentially even automate an upsell. Fantastic. Let's do that. Give me a way for my non-loyalist members to check in, to get their situation, get their information in there. So the next time they come in, it is faster. Maybe upsell them to loyalty. There's all these things you can do that kind of automate, which don't necessarily mean you're going to remove the high touch of your um, of your associates who are there representing the brand and making them feel very, uh, you know, welcome. But it does mean that you are giving consumers their their choice, and it's, and it's all about convenience and choice. That is right. That is the number one thing I would say across any industry. We are being trained by a highly connected experience of the world to get what we want, when we want it, how we want it. And if you don't give your customers that, uh, you're in a world of pain. Yeah. Well, and going back to the technology side of the conversation, you know, in an effort to maybe solve this check-in process, I think a lot of hotels have been leaning on the app, right? Oh, yeah, we have an app that you can check in early. You can do it all on there, and it'll save you the wait time. But to a degree... The app process can honestly be just as daunting, especially if, you know, you don't use it on a daily basis and it's not part of your flow. I mean, like, I don't have any problem going to Twitter, but as soon as I have to utilize Ticketmaster to, you know, order something or I'm hopping on orbits, you know, it's it's not the most fun thing. It still feels like a chore. So really, an app is just uh, really diverting the issue in another direction, but it's not solving the issue. Well, I think and that, that's it's exactly right, which is, you know, it's okay to have an app. And if you have, if you're one of the, you know, the really big chains, um, and I don't know them in order, but obviously SPG Marriott, and Hyatt and Hilton, like, you know, there's a good chance your most loyal customers who are the ones you really, really care about are going to have your app. Right. But the reality is that this, this, um, 
fast-growing segment of hospitality, which is these more boutique players, they're, they're not going to have an app that everyone downloads, and that's also okay. So you can't just bet on that. And you're right. You know, if, if, if you are forced to put an app up, it's like you walk into the hotel, you're staring at you know, where you could check in, but now you got to pull out your phone, log into your phone, go to the app store, download the app, wait for the app to download, figure out log in there on a tiny keyboard now, enter your information. It's actually comparatively a little less convenient. Um, and so I don't think you have to necessarily choose a, choose a pony there. It's just think about what percentage of your, again, highest volume or most valuable customers are going to be exposed to that app and what, what's experience actually like. Um, right. Fantastic, as you said, for high, high you know, regular use. But you know, what percentage of traffic is that? And then if it, there's other, other things too that happen, which is uh, – and it's one of my you know, favorite, favorite stats, but – you have this tendency when you do have an app to uh, be selfish about it, to be greedy, to have too many notifications, too many cross-sells and upsells. And uh, there is this another stat that came out that, that was so interesting, which was if you walk into a hotel and the app gives you notification, you know, welcome to this hotel or whatever it is. Generally speaking, if you have the app and you turn on notifications, you don't really care. Okay, that was kind of interesting. Right. If you give another unsolicited offer. Within 30 minutes, the chance that customer deletes the app forever goes up 300%. <laughs> wow, that is staggering. People really do not want to be advertised to. They don't. They don't. And that, and it's, it's a big a big trap of apps. So anyway, a little bit of a non sequitur, but the punchline is always serve the customer. The better the customer experience, the more convenience and choice you give them, the happier they're going to be. And, you know, find the lane they want to be on and serve them in that lane. Don't try to force them into a lane that just happens to be more convenient for you. Right. Well, then it sounds like the conversation is naturally leading to how can we keep authenticity? How can we keep the human element of hospitality, but, you know, not slow down the check-in process, make this faster, simpler for people? And I think you're already seeing this in airports, you're seeing this in grocery stores and restaurants. I mean, it is that self-service kiosk. And I've encountered them in hotels uh, in Las Vegas. I stayed at the Rio and they had a self-service kiosk that was pretty simple to use. And it felt like it sped up the check-in process pretty substantially. So, does, yeah. so you know, having that kind of technology in your lobby is not only very attractive and pretty, but it speeds up the process and that means more people in your rooms and that means more money for your hotel. So I guess I wanted to get a little more information about, uh, you know, maybe some hard stats of how kiosks are helping elevate check-in time or just the overall hotel process to the next level. Yeah, well, uh, I'll start with a high-level stat, which is that, um, you know, 60% of clients for, for, for one reason or another um, are saying they are expecting and desiring interactive experiences in any setting that, that is kind of transaction-related, and that obviously includes hospitality. Um, so that, that's one important stat to, to think about is customers' expectations are already there. They're already wondering right. why you're not doing it. Um, the second thing is you know, there's very clear organizational design that uh, was kind of in the default hotel setting because it was convenient for the hotel. I've got a big counter, a bunch of people on one side, and the customers are going to line up on the other side. And all of a sudden, the volumes are too big. We're going to snake them around through these velvet ropes, and they're going to wait in line like a bunch of sheep and feel very dumb while they're doing it. And that's kind of the easiest thing for the hotel. What 
uh, having more of these uh, interactive points allows is a distribution of that concentration. So you can let someone check out wherever it's easy. I've actually spoken to some folks that um, have, and this, this gets a little, little interesting, but they've actually got check-in kiosks on the bus that takes them to the hotel. So as they're, as they're in there, they can walk up on the bus, they can get it out, and they have the key by the time they, they pull up. I have even see it in the airport itself. So as you're sitting there waiting for the bus to take you to the hotel, you check in right there and you know everything. So you walk right in. And that was kind of that first point that I was talking about, which is if someone's going to wait anyway for something that is unavoidable, like waiting for the bus to circle the, the airport, probably unavoidable, you may as well give them something to do so they feel like they're, they're taking activity that's progressing them towards not having to wait later. Um, the exact stats on, you know, what is the chance you upsell someone when they, when they use this or what is the decrease in wait time? It varies so much by, uh, by the type of location, the density of location. So I don't know that I can give any stats that be kind of broadly helpful beyond saying that hotels that implement these solutions invariably do better than their competitive set, invariably have higher customer reviews, invariably have, uh, you know, higher prices on those, um, those rooms that are being, uh, uh, you know, kind of upsold. And also, this is kind of nice, is actually have happier staff because the staff is able to now provide a really nice, hospitable experience, welcoming them, right. offering tea or coffee, you know, taking the knee and talking to the child while the parents, you know, checking in. And that's something right now we're relegating the staff to be so transactional, it loses that human element. And so, right. Um, those are kind of the big the big takeaways that I can give you. I love that. Well, yeah, the humans can be the humans and the kiosks can be the kiosks, right? They don't have to do each other's job. Yeah. I love it. Well, Healy, I really want to thank you for joining us on the podcast and giving us your insight about how kiosks are helping push the hospitality industry forward. And really, I love the insight on <laughs> sort of the... I mean, failure is a strong word, but the failure of the app, right? I mean, it's not quite as comprehensive as people imagine it. And so as um, as the industry continues to grow and have these record years, year after year, uh, when technology comes into the conversation, I think it's technology like this uh, where people are really going to want to invest their time and money. So thanks, Healy, for joining us. Yeah, Daniel, thanks so much. My pleasure. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode. And if you'd like to find out more, or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.